Good Wednesday morning. That massive manhunt in Texas coming to a dramatic end overnight. And a dangerous fugitive is now behind bars. It's May 3rd. This is today. Captured the man accused of killing five neighbors, including a child in a dispute over guns, arrested overnight. He was caught hiding in a closet underneath some laundry. This morning, the tip to the FBI that helped police finally track him down. Border Patrol, President Biden deploying 1,500 active duty U.S. troops to the southern border. A mayor in Texas now declaring a state of emergency ahead of what could be a record surge in migrant crossings this month. We're there live. Rate hike, the Federal Reserve meeting again today, expected to raise interest rates for the 10th straight time in its battle against inflation. We'll have the latest and what it all means for your credit cards, mortgage and bank accounts. Final straw, the text message that reportedly led Fox News to fire Tucker Carlson, what it said, and the panic it allegedly caused inside the network. Remembering Twitch, the wife of the beloved dancer and DJ for the Ellen DeGeneres show, opening up in her first television interview since his death. There's no one that saw this coming. No one. What she's revealing about his secret struggle with mental health and how she's honoring his legacy. All that plus Rex in effect. Incredible scenes as Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney celebrate that historic victory for their soccer team with a massive parade. We'll take you inside the wild celebration today, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday morning. It's feeling springy. We even have a few trees outside in that shot. We do. It's starting to feel like springtime. You're yeah. Right. Well, yep. let's get to our news this morning. Major story this morning. The Biden administration preparing to send an additional 1,500 troops to the southern border. That decision as it braces for a potential surge in migrant crossings in the coming days. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez joins us now from El Paso, Texas, with the very latest. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hoda, good morning. El Paso has declared a state of emergency. So have two other Texas border cities. And as you can see behind me, there are already migrants sleeping in the streets here. You can see them there underneath those blankets. And this extends for several city blocks, hundreds of migrants and more are expected when that COVID border restriction known as Title 42 is lifted next week. After illegal border crossings hit a record high last year, this morning the Biden administration is now preparing to send 1,500 active-duty troops to the southern border for 90 days. That's in addition to the 2,500 National Guard members already there. The Defense Department says the troops will help Customs and Border Protection officials with logistical support, but... Military personnel will not directly participate in law enforcement activities. Here in El Paso, Texas, hundreds of migrants are already camping out in the streets with homeless shelters overflowing. Some migrant advocates say sending in active duty troops sends the wrong message. It is dire in, in that sense that there is this urgent humanitarian need. And in the other, in the other side, we do see that there's a, a failure system in terms of the asylum systems that we supposed to have in the United States. Five months ago, we saw huge groups of migrants crossing the border here. And the conditions here are miserable. But an even larger influx is expected to begin a week from tomorrow when the pandemic-era border restriction known as Title 42 is lifted. 
It allowed the U.S. government to more easily expel asylum seekers because of COVID concerns. The policy has been used more than two and a half million times since it took effect in 2020. Now that the policy is ending, some border officials expect the daily flow of migrants to double. We're going to see a surge of migrants. I'm preparing for, you know, certainly 10,000 or so a day. Republicans say they're skeptical the troop surge will have any impact. This is far from the end-all solution that we need for this crisis. But with a backlog of two million asylum cases, the Homeland Security Secretary says Congress bears responsibility for failing to act on President Biden's immigration reform proposal. What a powerful example of a completely broken immigration system. We have got to fix it. We need legislative reform. Local officials here say that for months they have needed more federal help to deal with this influx. And also here in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott has revived his controversial program of busing migrants that cross into the U.S. to northern cities. Hoda. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us in El Paso. Gabe, thank you. We are keeping a close watch on the Federal Reserve today. It is set to meet and poised to raise interest rates for the 10th time, trying to keep inflation in check. NBC's business reporter Brian Chung is here with what it means for you and your wallet. So the Fed is expected to raise interest rates is that going to be it? Because inflation has come down. It has come down, but we have to remember prices are still 5% more expensive this time than they were this time last year, which means that the Fed, which wants to see that number somewhere closer to 2%, still has a long ways to go. Now, whether or not the Fed can do an interest rate hike today, which, as you mentioned, is expected to be a quarter of a percentage point, and then let those interest rates stay high to get inflation down further remains an open question. Can they do that without breaking things in the labor market, where unemployment, as a reminder, is at 3.5% essentially a half-century low. We'll see what the Fed says later on this afternoon. We, we always hear about these rate hikes, but what does it mean for, like, Mary Smith with a budget and with credit cards? How does it affect that person? Yeah, Hoda, what it means is that the mortgage rates, credit card rates, auto loan rates, anything that you use to borrow money, essentially, is going to remain high. So uh, when you take a look at these headlines that say the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, that means that it's going to continue to pinch the ability of households and businesses to borrow money, and it's likely going to remain that case while inflation is still so high. The Fed's trying to slow the economy but not crash the economy. And now there's another wrinkle, which is yet another regional bank failing. Yeah, well, I mean, when we talk about First Republic Bank, which failed over the weekend, there is the concern that we're still feeling the aftershock of the Silicon Valley Bank failure just about two months ago. And uh, you see stock markets also expressing concern over other regional banks as well. So can the Federal Reserve pull off these interest rate hikes without potentially breaking another bank? That's something we'll have to listen in for, for uh, in terms of commentary from Fed Chair Jay Powell later on this afternoon. All right, Brian, thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Uh, breaking news just this morning, a deadly shooting at an elementary school in the capital of Serbia. The suspect is a teenage boy, NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engels, following that story for us, just breaking now. Hey, Richard, what can you tell us? So a terrible development. This happening in Belgrade, Serbia, an elementary and middle school. Uh, and according to witnesses, police reports, uh, families, they say that a student at the school, 14 years old, uh, just after 8.30 in the morning as uh, school was getting underway, he entered the school, had his father's handgun, killed a security guard, shot his teacher, who is in uh, critical condition, and then, according to local media, started opening fire in his classroom, 
killing eight students, some of them reported to be his friends. Now, mass shootings outside the United States are extremely rare. School shootings, even more rare. There hadn't been a, a school shooting or hadn't been a mass shooting in, in, in Belgrade in over a decade. Witnesses describe a very chaotic scene as parents rushed to the school to try and uh, find their children, even as the gunshots were still ringing out. Hoda. All right, Richard Engel for us on that breaking story. Richard, thank you. All right, much more to get to. We say good morning to Craig. Craig, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. New details are emerging on Tucker Carlson's sudden exit from Fox News and the reported role that his own text message may have played in that firing. NBC's Stephanie Gosk has been covering this story for us. Steph, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. As you know, reports have continued to leak out about Carlson's private messages since he left Fox. But this text, one of the most striking so far. Overnight, a new report about former Fox News host Tucker Carlson's private comments after his bombshell departure from Fox News. In a text message obtained by The New York Times sent by Carlson to one of his producers in the hours after the January 6th attack on the Capitol, the host allegedly describes watching a video of a group of people he calls Trump guys violently attacking a, quote, Antifa kid, calling it dishonorable and adding, it's not how white men fight. Carlson also writing he found himself rooting for the mob. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. But then Carlson writes, quote, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. If I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? The Times reporting that the message was filed in the Dominion lawsuit, but remains redacted from public court documents. But the Times reports its contents were disclosed in interviews it conducted with several people who have knowledge of the Dominion voting system's defamation lawsuit against Fox. NBC News has not confirmed the contents of the text. The text message added to a growing number of internal issues that led Fox to Carlson's firing, the Times reports, according to several people familiar with the matter. Throughout his tenure as the lead primetime host on Fox, Carlson courted a conservative audience, often with rhetoric about race and immigration. We have a moral obligation to admit the world's poor, they tell us, even if it makes our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided. This policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. Video of some behind-the-scenes comments from Carlson have also surfaced since Fox settled its lawsuit with Dominion. Left-leaning group Media Matters posting a video appearing to show Carlson chatting with host Piers Morgan before an interview. If we're going to talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. <laughs> Previously, the New York Times reported it had obtained a video of Carlson discussing his, quote, postmenopausal fans and referring to a woman as, quote, yummy. A representative for Mr. Carlson told the New York Times he had no comment about the alleged text message. NBC News has reached out to Fox and to Carlson's lawyer overnight, but the text message report and the leaked video, and we've not heard back about either of those two things. All right. Stephanie Gosta. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> Let us get our first check of the weather. Mr. Roker. Hey, guys. Good morning, and good morning to you as well as we take a look at what's going on here in the Northeast. Same story. Different day. We've got that low-pressure system spinning around. we got a winter storm warnings down in West Virginia. Could see another few more inches of snow before that's all over. So we got this system in the northeast, Appalachian snow, showers and storms, cloudy and cool. And out west, we've got more rain showers with mountain snow, melting snow problems. It is that omega block we've been talking about. The jet stream looks like the Greek letter omega. And so it's this block is going to finally weaken over the next couple of days. But until then, we're kind of stuck in this pattern. In between, we got a risk of some severe weather today from Scott City all the way down 
down to Alpine, Texas. Isolated uh, hail, damaging winds, but the good news is tornado threat low. Tomorrow, however, we've got 5 million people at risk from Oklahoma City, Wichita Falls, down onto San Antonio and Del Rio, Texas. Damaging hail, wind, and we can't rule out a tornado or two. That's your latest weather. Oh, by the way, our pal Dylan is on the road this morning down at Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach for the annual Smucker's Mission Breakfast. How you doing, Dylan? Hey, I'm doing awesome. I'm standing next to an FA-18 Super Hornet right here. I will not be getting inside, but I am going to have some breakfast. I mean, it's the mission breakfast here. And Al, this is usually your shindig, but I am uh, helping out this morning. And I can't wait to meet all the sailors here at this uh, Naval Air Station here in Virginia. So we have much more coming up in just a few minutes. The need for speed. All right. There's (laughs) a reason that you're not there and you're here, which we will explain later. A very important reason. Absolutely. All right, coming up next, guys, an emotional conversation. Conversation, remembering Stephen Twitch Boss, the beloved dancer and DJ for Ellen's show, his wife Allison opening up in her first television interview to honor his legacy and share an important message on mental health that everybody needs to hear. And then a wild scene in Wales. Thousands of fans packing the streets of Wrexham to help Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney celebrate their soccer team's historic triumph. We'll hear from them, but first, this is today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed okay it is 7 30 right here on a wednesday morning 12 30 in the afternoon at buckingham palace that happens to be where the king's coronation just three short days away savannah's got her samsonite pack she's ready to go <laughs> exactly yeah. i'm very excited yeah, we yeah. can i pack you guys with me it's <laughs> sure. gonna be fun i think we'll be there live friday morning we'll take you inside the final preparations for the coronation and then we're gonna bring you live coverage of this historic event from buckingham palace bright and early get up with us get your coffee let's go saturday morning starts at 5 a.m eastern right here on nbc and we're gonna stream it too on nbc news now as well as today all day for to that front row seat to history we are going to start this half hour though with a today exclusive a fascinating conversation for sure hoda you sat down with the wife of Stephen twitch boss yeah she is such a lovely and incredible woman he was so beloved he's a talented dancer he was the dj on ellen nearly five months after he took his own wife we sat down with his wife allison holker boss she now uh, started this thing it's called move with kindness it's a foundation in twitch's honor and she's speaking out during mental health awareness month in the hopes of helping others But mostly she wants to remember Twitch's legacy of spreading love and light. 
Stephen Boss, known as Twitch to his fans, was the beloved DJ on Ellen with the megawatt smile and signature dance moves. Last year, a few weeks before Christmas, Twitch took his own life at age 40. America was blindsided. Twitch seemed so full of life to his friends, fans, and his family, too. His wife, Allison, says no one saw it coming. It was such a shock to the country, really, when the news broke. That guy who was dancing, always happy. So everyone was like, wait, what? Why? Did you have similar thoughts, emotions, and feelings? I still feel like I'm like the rest of the world where I'm still shocked. No one's ready for that moment. And there's no one that saw this coming. No one. And that also breaks my heart, too. But I feel so sad that he was so there and we weren't in the knowing. He wanted to be the strong one for everyone. And I think that was a little scary for him to think that he might need to ask for help. You know, people say a lot of like, what were the signs? And, you know, he was so much love and light. He really wanted to be everyone's Superman. He said that a lot. Everyone's Superman? Everyone's Superman. He could hold so much for people. And I, I do, I think it was hard for him to process that at the end. When you have your quiet time by yourself, was there something? Was there something I might have seen or missed? Do you do that? I did it a lot in the beginning. I eventually had to tell myself that I can't change anything that's happened. Allison says she and their three children have their good days and bad ones, but they're trying to move forward. I'm looking at you and you seem very strong to me. Is that for you, for the kids, for the world? I think it's for all of that. (laughs) I don't really have any other choice but to be strong. Mm -hmm. Now, they still see me have my highs and lows because there's a lot of it. All I can do is just try to move forward. The dance duo met in 2010 on So You Think You Can Dance. Their love story was like a fairy tale from the very beginning. Will you marry me? (laughs) Yes. I feel like we all felt like we knew Twitch and we knew and loved him. But what was it like to really be in love with him? Oh, (laughs) our love was magical. Yeah. And it was so real. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's the hardest part about all this. The way we loved was so big, and I got 13 years with one of the most magical humans. And I learned, oh, I'm sorry. I, I learned so much about love and gratitude. I talked to him every night. You do? I talk to him every night. (laughs) And it's different every night. Sometimes it's just like, I took the kids to school. (laughs) Other times it's a little bit deeper, a little more heavy. I don't allow myself to be in a place of anger or sadness, though I allow myself to feel it. If I'm feeling this much pain, it's because I've had so much love. But Allison says she's managing some tough conversations with her three children, 14-year-old Wesley, 7-year-old Maddox, and 3-year-old Zaya. What you had to explain, especially to your young children. It's honestly something I wouldn't wish for anybody. It's really hard. But if I've learned anything, um, is that communication is key. To us, daddies in the stars, 
so we can go outside and talk to him whenever we want. Well, what kind of questions are they asking you about what happened? First off, they just ask, when is daddy coming back? And that's a really hard one. And then it'll be like a couple weeks later, like, but does he come back when he's older? Like, when daddy's older, he'll come back. But they are still children and still obviously want him here. Mm-hmm. Many struggling like Twitch suffer in silence. Studies suggest one in five adults experience mental illness each year. There's a stigma, I think, around when someone takes their own life, commits suicide. There's a large stigma that comes with it. But we don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on in his mind. It's interesting. The word widow is hard, and it's, it's never easy when you hear it. You know, the first time I ever heard it was really hard. Because I was like, me? <laughs> now, Allison and her family are honoring Twitch's legacy and partnered with her local branch of the National Alliance on Mental Illness called NAMI Westside LA. Talk a little bit about what you're doing and how you want your husband's name and legacy to live on. What I would really love is to bring awareness to mental health, open up the conversations, but to hopefully help people to feel comfortable asking mm -hmm. for that help. I really do mm -hmm. want to make an impact on behalf of like someone I love so much. Mm -hmm. Allison says she finds comfort in the outpouring of support from fans and friends like Ellen DeGeneres. To honor Twitch, I think the best thing that we can do is to laugh and hug each other. Have you been in touch with her? She has been a huge support system for me. And talk about the fun memories that we had with them. And we get to live in, in, in those great memories that we had. You were t talking about how you speak to him uh, now. Are there questions you ask him? All the time. Maybe one day there'll be this big aha of answers. I do feel like he's with me. But we know he's guiding us through every single day. I mean, their love is so real, and it's so funny because I remember Twitch came here, and I co-hosted our show with him, and he lit the room up. He yeah. made everyone feel seen, and as she talked about him being everyone's Superman, him carrying that load, yeah. you never know what's going on inside nope. someone or what they're going through. But and she really didn't see it coming. She didn't see it coming at all. She said... She said she walked in her kids' room and they were all they were up and they were looking out at night into the night sky. And she said, what are you doing? They said, oh, we're talking to dad. Because mm. she said he's in the stars for you. Mm. And uh, she's a great mom and she's caring for those kids. But she really did want to reemphasize that mental health is a difficult problem. And Allison, she's also featured in People magazine on newsstands nationwide. And if someone you know needs help, of course, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, always available. Call or text that number 988 if you have anyone who you think is struggling. Or if you are struggling right. and you feel yes. like, I can't tell anyone. Right. I mean, that's what it feels like. Twitch yes. is carrying this deep weight and yes. doesn't have anyone, anyone to, to help call. him carry it. You're right. Call. Just yeah. make a call. We need you in this yep. world. Mm -hmm. I sat there and watched that, just those kids, those mm -hmm. adorable children, that's mm -hmm. all. All we could think about. Um, still ahead here on a Wednesday morning. We are going to introduce you to a truly inspiring trailblazer, Major League Baseball's only Asian-American play-by-play announcer. Emily Akena caught up with him at Dodger Stadium. All right, but first, Ryan Reynolds describes it as bonkers. <laughs> an inside look at the packed victory parade in Wrexham, celebrating that beloved soccer team right after this.
We are back. 742. What a scene in Wales. Wild. All right, check this out. Wow. This is the streets of Wrexham overflowing with soccer fans, painting the town red to celebrate Literally. that recent historic win for the team owned by some Hollywood stars. Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney, NBC's Molly Hunter joins us with all the details. This is almost as big as the coronation. Yeah, Craig, almost as big as the coronation. Wish we were in Wrexham for you. Look at those scenes, thousands and thousands of people. This is a story, an underdog sports story I've been following. A lot of us have been following for a variety of very good reasons for a while. Well, Wrexham AFC has now won their league. They're moving up in the world and they are celebrating in style. Take a look. Overnight, there was a lot of noise coming from a very small city in Wales, a city not used to this kind of fanfare. This is what it should be like. This is what my mum remembers it like. And it's now coming back. The Wrexham Football Club in full celebration mode with Hollywood star owners Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney on hand for the parade. Reynolds posting on Instagram, calling it unforgettable and bonkers. After 15 years stuck in England's bottom rings, the little team that could had a Cinderella ending, winning their final game 3-1 to one and securing what's called a promotion to the sport's next tier, the English Football League. In the face of financial struggles, the team's performance in recent years flailing until 2020 put the club back on the map when Reynolds and McElhenney hatched a plan, joining forces to become the unlikely co-owners and saviors of Wrexham AFC. They're brilliant. They, they, are, they love it. They absolutely love it. Wrexham is the third oldest professional soccer team in the world. And Reynolds and McElhenney say they're in it for the long haul. If we've learned anything uh, about the town, about the community, is that they've been defying expectations for centuries. For us to, to dream as a part of this community, why not dream big? Our goal is to get to the Premier League. That's Why wouldn't it be? If we can do that, um, whether it takes five years, whether it takes 20 years, that's the goal. Now, we're not the only ones following this, and because Craig mentioned the coronation, of course, we're three days away. We dug back into the archives, and the royals, they're just like us. Take a look at this picture on the pitch. Of course, that is Ryan and Rob and King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla. They actually visited Wrexham, met with the owners, of course. Now, you can see them play in the States at UNC Chapel Hill in July. I just want to say I volunteer to cover that. I'm available for all <laughs> Wrexham AFC games from here on out. You're a giver. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly. <laughs> All right. Send yeah. Molly. Yeah. Molly have a see blast. Her. Yes. By the way, Molly's always so happy. Yeah. I know. Covering a story feels good. What you got, Mr. Roker? You're well, holding down the fort yes. here. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the weather this yeah. time. I'm going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go down to Dylan, yeah. who is spending the morning at <laughs> Naval Air Station Oceana down in Virginia Beach. Hey, Dill. Awkward, right, when Al tosses to me to talk about the weather. Also awkward, having an Uncrustable just walk right. back through my shot. Uh, wow. <laughs> guys, we don't have, take a bite you of know, him. The weather is... I, I don't plan to, Al. Thank you. Uh, you know, the weather's holding up here. The clouds are filling in a little bit here in Virginia, but the excitement is high for this Smucker's Mission Breakfast. Weather-wise across the country, real quick, want to show you that that Omega block that Al's been talking about with this cold air in the east, and we've got the warm air right through the middle of the country. This whole pattern is going to break down. So today, it is still about 15 degrees below average on the eastern side of that. Back through the middle of the country in the northern plains, we're looking at high temperatures about 20 degrees above 
average. But look at this. Going into tomorrow, our last day of cold air, high temperatures still stuck in the 50s, 60s down in Washington, D.C. But we are going to see a nice warm up heading into the weekend as temperatures get back into the 60s and even some 70s. So this is the Smucker's Mission Breakfast, clearly with some Uncrustables here. Uh, I just want to mention what this breakfast is. And there's a competition across bases where they have to have the best display of Smucker's products in their commissary. So this base here, Oceana won. This is the second time a naval base has won in the last two years. Just want to put that out there. Uh, but we are expecting about 6,000 service members and their families here to enjoy all the festivities. Why you're even focusing on me when there's that behind me. Is, is really hard. We knew you were yeah. saying something, Dylan. Yes. He seems pretty happy for somebody who's going to get eaten. <laughs> Thank By you, way, Dylan. Miss Dylan. We're not eating the mascot. <laughs> By the way, Dylan, you know you're there. Al is here for a big reason. There's a reason that you're here in Studio 1A because we know you love that event. Yeah. You are receiving a huge honor. Our friend, Mr. Al Roker, is being inducted into the Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame. Thank Fine, you. sir. Tonight. Well, wow. Tonight. Uh, and also, uh, one Deborah Roberts is being inducted also. Well, I mean, that is so fun. fun. So, oh, I thought you got all the honors. There's still a few left. I guess so. <laughs> it's the only Hall of Fame he's not in. Yeah. Well, it, it's awfully nice. It's uh, a very nice Well-deserved. Well, That's just nice. Well-deserved. We are proud so of proud of you. We are toasting with you. And we're going to show you all the highlights. You got your speech written? Uh, are you going to wing it? I actually did okay, write a good, speech. That's good. no serious. Yeah. Do you want the Uncrustable to come? That would be nice. In fact, if, if, once you toast it on crust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. All right, Al. Coming uh, up, the one, the only Jennifer Lopez. Google it. Live in the studio 1A. We can't wait to hear all exactly. about her Met Gala, her movie, and her new album. Hello, Wisconsin. Sit down. They're sitting there.